What's up? Welcome to the No Mogul Podcast, a weekly show about all things skateboarding. My name's Rick Baden. I hope you're doing well on this fine November day. How the hell did it become November already? You know? I try not to be that that person who always says, oh, time just flies. It does, though. We're in November. It's crazy. We had, you know, Halloween in the last few days, and actually, now I think about it, and it's not in my notes here, but what's your favorite, like, go-to candy? If you're into candy, maybe you just don't eat sugar, but... Whenever my kids come home, I'm always stealing their Almond Joys and Snickers, and I will eat them until I'm sick. I almost vomit. I just keep shoving them in my face, and I can't stop. Those are the two. Those are my top two. What are yours? And then, so yeah, we had Halloween. Also, last weekend, my son was in a soccer tournament, and we were all toast by son, like absolutely toast. And no way in hell was I, you know, pressing the record button then. No way. I'd be like, this is a weekly show about sleeping. Hell no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was uh, it was sleepy time for me, but but his team came up short, ended up in second place, second place finalist, however you want to say it. Not bad, not bad. It could have easily been first, but you know sometimes in soccer you just get unlucky. It's pretty much plain and simple. You just get they were playing a very very good team that they had lost in the regular season, so we knew that coming in. It's not like they saw it coming, but you know both games were very very close. You know, however, one thing I do have to mention, we knew that was coming. With this other team was the other damn parents is the polite way to put it. You know, they they were actually, no, the freaking annoying as hell parents. That's the best way to describe it. That's, that's right. That's correct. You heard me right. I mean, those, those, those with kids in sports know what I'm talking about. Okay. I mean, it's all fun and games until the annoying, like drunk slash failed athlete parent shows up, you know, or enters the chat. The ones that like they want to ruin it for everyone, literally everyone on the field. That is until they piss off the ref and get ejected. <laughs> yes, that is exactly what happened, and I was all for it. I mean, I clapped for him too. I kid you not, I was on one. I was on one. my my wife kept trying to get me to like calm down. I had had enough too, you know. Uh, at first, I was like, "Yeah, great job, ref. Just kick them all out. Just take get, get rid of them all." got some looks my way i didn't care now was after one of the refs you know called the, the the assistant ref fat really like stay classy parents stay classy yeah really really cool way to lead by example way to be a, a good role model in front of kids so now you know why i lost mine in my mind i was clapping for the removal yeah it's a good call yeah, yeah just take kick them all out ref Literally, I did not care. I was done hearing them talk trash, you know, make fun of certain plays. You know how, like, the teams get up and they're getting all cocky. Like, oh, yeah. You know, waste time. Take your time. Oh, that kid. Oh, he's not good. Pass it to that kid. And when you start talking about the players, that's when I cross the line. I'm like, dude, you can talk about the team. Shut the hell up when you're talking about the players, you know. But this is all, like... Usual stuff we parents have to deal with on a regular occasion. It comes with the, the it comes with the sport. Get the annoying as hell parents. And much like I reminded the parent that I was going back and forth with. I mean, you know, we were I was basically talking to but not looking at or at pointing at. But he knew I was aiming my comments at him. He knew it, the aiming the stuff I was throwing was to the surrounding parents and the team. I said, and imagine if they would have lost, how they would have reacted. Imagine that. He started packing up his chair, mumbled something, something like uh, they were pulling our shirts or something. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's great. 
That's great. I chimed back with, you guys won? Go enjoy that trophy. Yeah, go, I literally, I was like, go enjoy that, tro enjoy that trophy, man. Well-deserved, yeah. Yeah, fan ha and have a fantastic weekend. <laughs> I was on one, I'm telling you. I was sober, too. You would have thought, like, Rick, are you, did you have a couple beers? What a jackass. Jack, and they're everywhere. If your kids, in, like I said, if your kids in sports, you know. I did not care. I said, yeah, imagine how they would have acted had they lost. And we won the tournament. There would have been fights. They would have like beat down the rest. They would have been like it gone social, you know, it gone viral on social. You would have seen, you know, oh Rick's trying to break up a fight. Oh, is that Rick? Oh hell, that's crazy. But anyway, I just as I just couldn't let it go. I just couldn't let it go anymore. They pushed me past the limit. Even my wife's like, babe, calm down. No, no, hell no. And I would never fight anyone. And, and, and I would never like physically fight any of these parents. But I'm sure as hell gonna like push it to the max. You know, I just don't care. Shut the hell up. But anyway, so this is all tied back into this this drama. Got me thinking, yo, can you imagine if that happened at like a an SLS event or X Games, you know? Parents getting so upset at I'll just throw Kelly Hart under the bus. So Kelly Hart for throwing just like the weak ass the weakest scores ever. What the hell did you key in, Kelly? What was that? Kelly, you suck, dude. Kelly, you're fat. Got a fat face. Fat feet. And just get boot. <laughs> I mean, that type of you know trash talk. I mean, it certainly happens in the comments of you know said contest videos. We see it all the time. Oh, this contest is sucked. The the judges were horrible. But that's in the comment section. This is like real time, real life. Like one on one parent to ref. That doesn't happen in skateboarding. I think mainly is because. You know, these fields are small. I mean, he's playing 9v9 at the moment. It's going to be 11v11 next uh, August. So it's going to be a bigger field, more running. So the parents are way more accessible on these smaller fields. You know, and I guess that's probably why we don't see or hear about it in skate contests. But it just got me thinking, like, imagine that. Imagine Kelly getting so pissed off. These these pe these friend these peeps, they have to go. Go. Out. Out. Keep in mind, during this the soccer game, the, the a ref said, the time is paused. Like he paused the time. You don't. There's no. The clock always goes in soccer. He had to pause the time. He said the time is paused as of now until these parents leave. Go, go. But you know you can't you can't please everyone. Much like in skate videos, skate contests, soccer games, whatever. You can't. You, you just you can't take it to the extreme. You know. And of course, we're all most of us. You know, it's for one, it's a freaking game. It's played by kids. And skateboards the same, right? It's kind of like it's a sport. It's a game. It's with a toy. <laughs> Another one I thought of too. Imagine like at Tampa Am, Tampa Pro or Tampa Am. Paul Zitzer, he, he gets so fed up. He's kicking out parents and kids. Like get the hell, get the hell out of here. Paul's you know going viral. But it is kind of sad in a way too. I often think about this. You know, I always try to put myself in there before I like react to these people these people must have re like really like absolutely miserable lives you know to lash out at the refs and the kids like that straight up miserable you must hate life i go there try to have fun watch the kids play do they win sometimes do they lose sometimes did they have fun that's all that matters yes he had fun he got to play with teammates and learn a life lesson life's lesson keeping it on the topic of lashing out how about Nick Bozzario's latest edit, when you close your eyes, 
what is it you see? I mean, dude pretty much got yelled at by most of Australia, you know? Was he in Melbourne? And he he got he was public enemy number one. I mean, did you see slash hear all that? Damn, Nick. Are, are you okay, dude? I mean, well, no, you are. But keep in mind, I mean, this is the same guy that did that. It Was it the drop-in grind that he kind of he crashed into those security guards, right? Was that last year? He kind of bowling pinned him away. It was like at the spot. It was in Oregon. I mean, he always puts himself in those kind of situations. I mean, it's his brand, right? So I'm not too surprised to see him like pissing off everyone who happened to just cross his path. A lot of angry faces at the beginning of that video. And they're just morphed into another one and morphed into another one and morphed into another. I'm like, damn. It was a great edit, but I, I want mostly want to talk about his insane hippie jump. You know, the one at the train station. We've all seen it. You've probably seen it if you're following any of the social media accounts out there or on social media. I mean, in fact, actually, let's go there for a moment. Let's let's pull up the video right now. Skip to the one minute, 56 second spot. Just that drop in alone on the escalator. I mean, that's insane. The, the, you, you drop in, that's like dropping in on a slide. It, it, it all looks all fun. Like, yeah, I could do this. But it's it's so awkward because of speed and the momentum. You just get shot out, you know. It's tough to manage. You get shot out like a rocket. And then pause it again at 159. I mean, the timing of that particular lane is very important. You know, the two innocent, you know, I guess bystanders to the left, they, they weren't they weren't part of it. The gentleman, you know, going through the gate on the right. And that open gate that he hippie jumped was perfectly timed for him. It was just waiting for him. It was meant to be. I mean, the jump itself, I mean, that was perfectly executed, you know. But actually, the board, I, I, it kind of drifted a little bit, too, from what I recall. That's how fast he was going, you know. And all the while still being able to kind of correct mid-flight and land and roll away. You know, speed checking past like, you know, two uh, travelers that he almost wiped out. Almost bowling bowling pin them. But that was insane. Oh, and the, the timing of the elevator too. You know, setting up for his next trick that, you know, he did a kickflip on the way out. All right, I'll see. I'm out of here. I know, guys. You're going to kick me out. I'm, I'm going to just escort myself out anyway. Peace out. Thanks for coming. Safe travels. But that hippie jump, that was insane, you know. In fact, was that the fastest one ever? You know, we've seen a lot of hippie jumps over the years. In fact, actually, did, does, did he actually officially win hippie jumps? Are they over now? Can we no longer do them, or is it still cool? I don't know what the rules are. But, I mean, I guess congrats, Brian. Congrats, well-deserved on the tile. You earned it. I guess hippie jumps are over. I... I, I are we agreeing on that? Do we have a consensus on that? But I mean, I guess hippie jumps had a good run. You know, it was only it was it's only a matter of time. You know, I know everyone keeps talking about his beard, his epic beard. I might add, but no one's mentioned his wheels. Those bad boys are sixty millimeters tall. Beasts. I mean, I just went back down to fifty twos from fifty threes. <laughs> Those, I mean, they just feel too high for me. I feel like my head's in the clouds with those. Anything actually, anything over fifty-three, it just it's too too high for me. It's just too much. Uh, that's for my regular rider, for my regular board. Cruisers, I go as big as I can. I think I have fifty-sixes on my street plant guns.
the phase casters. I think I mentioned that before. So yeah, my cruisers are a little bit bigger and softer as well. But yeah, I just had to point that out. Everyone's talking about the beard, the hippie jump. No one's talking about those wheels. Those wheels are big. But let me know your thoughts on this. Uh, we'll call it this fun little OJ wheels edit. RIP to hippie jump. So man, that's kind of brutal. Brutal way to go. You want to know another really good goofy hooded rider? One that is often, I think he slept on. You know, the click, you know, they should reunite. Do their version of tired of being slept on. Tired of being slept on for Alec Majerus. I mean, no wonder the dude named his Adidas video Dreaming Out Loud. Dude is tired of being slept on, man. Is it because he's from Minnesota? Be honest. Be honest. Or that he skates contests on occasion? Oh, no, he skates contests. He's lame. No, no. But but I don't know. Why has he slept on so much? His part, his latest, this latest edit is straight fire. I almost couldn't take any notes for it. Almost every trick equals hammer. So many possible enders, too. But what I especially liked about this one was the cinematography, you know? And, and you know it's a good thing when I mention the cinematography, because... Rarely does it catch my eye, or actually, this time it stood out. The framing of most of the shots, some some tight spaces, you know, especially that opening image, you know, between the the trailers, the truck trailers, establishing, you know, the location of his first trick at 14 seconds. Yeah, just pull it up, follow the lines, follow your eyes. The lines of the trailer leads you right there. I mean, you can see the trees where he ended up, you know, channeling his inner Tom Knox right there. Now, those trees, they're more my jam. Way more my jam. They're much softer, you know, than, than the hard walls that, you know, that Tom had to scrape up against, both his butt and his knees. And I love how he chose the ones with, like, the tightest gap, too, you know? But even then, like, that still must have been kind of weird to try, you know, because visually, it's probably kind of intimidating, you know? I mean, even if they are trees and bushes, you know, oh, that'll be okay. They can still scrape you. It still hurts when you fall. But it does look like it was a toe-in trick because you saw that Ford come into like a quick stop on the right. You know, that means, that actually means he had to let go a little early or like cut way to the right to pull that off. So yeah, it was a nice opening trick. It kind of set the tone and the, and the mood for our movie, for our, our viewing experience. And, you know, I, I truly didn't appreciate that huge back 180, uh, 180 flip at 28 seconds. I didn't really appreciate it till like, the second and third viewing. Because look at that awkward run-up. Uh, sure, it works best for goofy-footed riders due to, you know, the slant. But still, that's that's crazy. He had, he had to pop way before that wall. It's insane. And are those markers skate stoppers or to prevent people from driving off the side? I think I'll answer my own question. Yes. It seems like a kind of a double duty on those, you know? Another trick and spot that made me think of Tom was uh, that front crook at uh, 32 seconds in. I wrote down, just look at that spot because it looks so intimidating and he grinded so long. And I think even my heyday, I probably wouldn't be able to do much of that spot. Actually, now that I think about it, even, just put me down for a backside ollie into it. Yeah, and that's about it. I'll just roll out. Hope for the best. 
I don't have enough pop to get up there for a 50-50 or like a nose slide. Even in my heyday, you know, I couldn't. Nah. Just don't have enough pop to get up there. I mean, it's such a gnarly spot. And coming out fakey, that's way more difficult. But he definitely made me think of Tom Knox on that one. I also wrote down the kickflip. Well, it was a toe-in kickflip over the, you know, the party pole, 51 seconds in. Pretty massive. I just paused it right there, took it all in for a few moments. Yeah, you should do the same. I don't have much more to add to it. Just great kickflip. Dude flew. He was flying. Oh, I love the line starting at a minute 14. I mean, one of the only few times that I focus more on the filmer's well-being more than the rider's. I mean, you know, they, when they almost got separated for there for a moment, I was like, oh, no, Alec is slipping away. Can he catch up with him again? Oh, no. And sure enough, Taylor Phillips, you know, he cut back in with ease like a like a true pro. That was fun to watch, though. He went over left. I'm like, oh, gosh, he's going to come back. Oh, where's he going to cut back over? Catch a trick. Oh, how about that hard flip down the double set? 146, the one in front of all the, the quote unquote normies. Now, what I liked, too, is there was a good amount of people with their phones out. They were recording. They were snapping pics. They were creating memories or even, you know, getting, getting some videos. About half of them were kind of in, in the moment. They didn't have anything out, but they were just they were watching. And if you, if you pause it at 146, you can look to the right. You see the far right? That dude, on the, he's on his bike looking back. Not, not a concern of crashing at all. He wanted to see Alec get that. Alec had his attention. But the cheers from the crowd said it all. You know, it was like so cool. Like, ah. Alec out there making moments, making memories for people. Oh, all the while making it look so easy, so effortless. So ridiculous. I guess speaking of that word, ridiculous, throughout this entire edit, I kept thinking, and I started to think like, or I was reminded, because I forget sometimes. I know, we watch it, but I truly, I mean, I was reminded just how good skaters are these days. I remember complaining about it way back on episode six. Yeah, skateboarding is still ridiculous. You know, the fact that humans can do Huge back blunts down handrails. Kickflip, you know, back disasters to fakie. Down handrails. Switch front crooks. Down hubbas. Or more the fact that more than one human can do a sushi grind. Down in handrail. It's stupid. How? How? I don't get it. How does one person do suture grind? How does more than one? How more than one person should not be able to do that trick? Oh. As Travolta would say, they are wickedly talented. They're all Adele Dezims. That's what it is. All of them. You're all Adele Dezims. If you're really good at skating, Adele Dezim. That's your new nickname. It's ridiculous. And I'm not hating at all. Don't get me wrong. I'm not hating at all. I'm appreciating the talent that is out there because it's stupid. It's ridiculous how good everyone is these days and how they were, what, four years ago when I recorded episode six. I just can't comprehend it. It doesn't make sense to be that good, to have that much confidence and no fear just to approach a trick, let alone just get the make. Approach it. What? Ah, anyway, it's insane.
yeah, skateboarding is still ridiculous. I had a couple uh, laugh out loud moments in this video. Two minutes, 53 seconds. It was one of them. How do you have the skills? I was talking about it just moments ago. Just to, to spin out of a long backside nose grind like that. Okay. You'll be okay, Rick. You're going to be okay. I mean, there's just way too much going on. I'm just trying to picture myself going up for an attempt at that. Uh, not even on a handrail. I'll try on a curb. No. No. It just wasn't meant to be for me, I guess. But it was such a great edit. I mean, skateboarding made easy in his eyes, right? Is he bad for skateboarding? Should I add him to that list? It's been a while since I've done that. I have to, I have to, the, 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 the jury's still out on Alec. Is he bad for skateboarding, too? I think that was the last one I did. Can't remember, man. I know Shane O'Neill's on that list. Dylan Jabe. And even his Ender, I mean, it looked effortless, you know. And that was a spot where uh, Neem, he did a heel flip down it, right? But he did a nollie flip? Uh, okay, Alec, whatever, dude. Whatever floats your boat. Keep, keep dreaming out loud, buddy. You do you. Great video. If I remember, I'll put it in the notes below. So I guess keeping it on the topic of wickedly talented, goofy-footed riders, like, oh, that's a, un I didn't plan that theme. My man Scott Loist, he recently turned 42 and put out a fantastic edit called 42NBD. No big deal. Yeah. Scott's out there hitting up hundreds of skate parts on the daily. What are, what are you doing, Rick? What are you doing on a daily basis? Are you hitting more than one skate park a day, Rick? See, I'm not throwing everyone else on the bus because I know your answer is no as well. But no. no, man, I'm not hitting. I don't even hit 50 in a month. Scott's out there doing it on the regular. He's like, yeah, man, 25 in a day, captured all his clips. What, what, what did you do, Rick? Where's your footy, Rick? 42 NBD. But he's, you know, he's pushing. He's uh, actually, yeah, he's pushing us older skaters to keep grinding and doing our thing. So that's what I appreciate about, you know? I mean, even that opening board slide, awesome, Scott, awesome. What a way to open it. But I had to do my first pause rewind moment, 26 seconds in. Look at that spot. He's grinding on the inside of that bad boy. <laughs> I mean, you know his inner skate park critic just wanted to just stick it to the man of that spot. In his head, he's like, well, they couldn't, couldn't add some, uh, some rails to the little ends here. Maybe I'll wax it up and kind of grind and turn left or right on my way out you know that little little spot looks like a stapler right i know a staple you know like a un a unstapled staple <laughs> if that makes sense he grinded all the way in that bad boy 30 seconds in a nice little nod to notice yeah he's shaking his head dude scott you got its attention man he's grinning i know i know for a fact But how Scott, Scott, real deal, real talk here. How scary was that front board slide at 47 seconds? That takes some courage. Most people, they'd probably try, what, a 50-50 over, or maybe even a 5-0, right? You're coming in hot, do a 5-0, you got it. You just feel a little bit safer being on top of the ramp. Not Scott, nope, nope, nope. Dude goes front board slide over it. And notice, I had to point this out, notice, 
He didn't come out fake either. He didn't come out fakey. Hell no. Hell no. Come on, Scott. Why you got to do us like that, dude? That's not cool, man. That's not cool. But he's so damn creative with his tricks, you know, his spot selections. I mean, so many fun and, and crazy setups. And I'm not talking about his boards. I'm talking about his, his tricks on the things that he either creates or, you know, kind of DIYs. Nice little 50-50 uh, gap 50 at 2 minutes 56 seconds. Yeah, yeah, but I love the proper uh, switch skate and snow sticker there. Yeah, I noticed that. Great placement for that first ankle, first angle. But the second one, of course, you know, showcases talents. That gap. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. And then he cuts to interior car driving day. Scott is focused on his driving. You know, flowers behind his head. What is, what's up with those flowers? He doesn't let us know. But he's talking about some challenges you know, that his friends have given him along the way. You know, nice backstories and, you know, kind of his crazy setups. But actually, you know what? In fact... Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the video yet, go watch it yet. Pause this podcast, go watch it. Because the next part, I don't want to spoil it for you. Okay? I, just, go, just go do it. Trust me. It's not that long. Because what happens next is so damn epic. You have to see it first. And, and then, you know, basically just do, just do it for the cows. Okay? For all the cows. Now that they're gone, they'll be back. He then mentions that his friend Garrett, you know, challenged him to, you know, replicate Letitia Buffoni's sky grind. And that's when my palms got sweaty. I'm, I'm getting a little nervous talking about it. Even though I know that he doesn't do that, my palms got sweaty. As I was so worried. I'm like, I know Scott's not going to back down from a challenge. Oh, boy. And it was, I was pretty sure that he was going to go, you know, cut to him in a plane, goggles on. Giving us, you know, the thumbs up, or maybe two thumbs. Like Scott's probably a two thumbs guy, like right before he jumps out. Yeah. Before like doing a knot of spin out of a plane. I was expecting that. Like, damn, this is gonna be crazy. But then, you know, he let us and Garrett know that he doesn't have access to a plane. Whew. Dodge that one. I mean, is that no access at the moment, Scott? Or at all. Because I'm sure Garrett's, you know, scrambling to find one now. He's going to find you one, dude. And then what? However, I was so excited to see what Scott came up with instead. I mean, it was right there at 3 minutes, 51 seconds, you know, tilt up. Look at that beauty. Look at that bad boy. Chef's kiss. Look at that. But then again, what is that? Is it a, is it a multi-level, like, boat dock? Or do you fish off that? Or, or did you get that from painters? What is that? But either way, though, that was one of the most hilarious yet heroic first attempts I've ever seen. So close, Scott. So close. I mean, even your filmer's cracking up upon your uh, your flight takeoff. Scott, he was running in the air for what seemed like for minutes, like. What's that? What's that in the Marvel movies? Like, was it Loki? So I was falling for three minutes, something like that, and then splash. I mean, he eventually did get the the, the legit fly out slide, 
But it was just at like the next level down as to eliminate the swain, as he said, because he would drop in. It would it would kind of push the thing back, which made sense. It threw them all off. Now I think about it, that was definitely a uh, Scott's my war. There we go. Send out the Thrasher. Could happen. But it's gonna be crazy when Carrot pulls up to his house in a plane. And what? Carrot's all. Scott, Mr. Lois, we're ready for flight. Bring your gear. Scott would probably do it, though. He'd be like, well, what time is it? Oh, yeah, you know what? I got some time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't have to work till later. Okay, yeah, let's do it. But the last few minutes of this video are, are of Scott, you know, dry and on land again, you know, killing it as usual. Oh, see if you know, I had to write this down too. See if you can notice his costume towards the end too. I was talking about, you know, Halloween earlier. I'll give you a hint, actually. I'll give you maybe two hints. One of them, Mr. Pink. And the other one is, how do you do, fellow kids? Yeah, that's all I'm going to give it to you. That's all, yeah, I'm sure you can figure it out with those two uh, hints there. You should have figured it out with Mr. Pink. Boom. Oh, yeah. But this was 8 minutes, 19 seconds of pure entertainment and namely pure inspiration. I mean, like I always tell Drew Domkus, Scott, you too are an inspiration to me. So thank you. You keep me going as well, dude. So keep killing it, man. And I appreciate the shout out too, of course, at the end. I see you. I see you, man. Holding up my hands right now. I see you. But I'll put the link to the video in the show notes below. Like I said, go check it out. I mean, if you're new to Scott Loist, I suggest you, if you know, if you circle back, episode 103 wow that's insane is it episode 103 because what is this one this one's like two what, 222 i can't remember but yeah episode 103 check out my conversation with chat uh, my chat with uh scott lois episode 103 if you're new to his work but definitely definitely check out 42 nbd no big deal jumping out of planes like leticia no big deal Garrett, you're going to pull through, dude. <laughs> 43, NBD. Scott flies out of a plane. Actually, no, know what, Scott? I don't know. I don't have a good feeling about that. You want to do that when you're, maybe when you're 45. You know, kind of work up to it. But anyway, I appreciate you guys tuning in. See you next week.